Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. My name's Sheridan, if you don't know me, but I know that plenty of you guys do. And you've probably noticed that I've taken a couple weeks off from recording podcasts. I've just been busy with the Root Course program, which is the six-month program where I work with women to rebalance their hormones and also work on healing their gut microbiome. So this is sort of my signature program where I go into the functional testing. And a lot of women ask why I don't do one-off consults anymore and really it's because I want to see you get results and I see a lot of women or you see a lot of women who would come in and do one or two sessions thinking that they can correct what's going on with their gut with their microbiome with their hormone imbalances with their heavy painful periods in four six eight weeks and I just know from my personal experience that's just not possible it's really hard to do these things in such short time frames especially when you consider how long you've been sick for or how long you've had these period issues for or skin issues for or gut issues for and if you've had bloating or constipation loose stools for years the reality is it's going to take time to correct these things so anyway being flat out with that uh if you haven't joined my free facebook group make sure you jump over and just search for gut health solutions uh, i go live in there each week and always posting interesting content for you we've always got recipes going up live as well so make sure you're a part of that otherwise find me on socials sheridan underscore functional nutrition and flip me a dm i'm pretty active on there so it's always nice to connect with you in those ways and so today i want to chat about low progesterone so low progesterone why we care and how to correct it so i've had quite a few clients lately or actually even across the board um i've picked up on facebook and instagram just how many women are exhausted we just seem to be going through an adrenal fatigue or an adrenal sort of burnout stage and a lot of women i speak to are just like sheriff i'm just so tired i'm so tired all the time and part of that yes it might be viral related or having been sick or something along those lines and i've done podcast episodes on ways to correct this and to support your adrenals um, and just to give your body the best chance of bouncing back if you are feeling a bit exhausted um, but today we want to go well why is progesterone getting low as well so when we do functional testing like the dutch comprehensive urine testing or even your basic blood work or a little bit you know your middle sort of ground which is your saliva testing and we're looking at those adrenal patterns but we're also looking at your hormones so your progesterone to estrogen ratio is really really important as well as your overall progesterone and overall estrogen uh, and when you get those results back if you can see that your progesterone is actually quite low even if your estrogen isn't high but if your progesterone is low you're still in what we call a estrogen dominant state um, the 
flip side of that is that progesterone is actually fine but estrogen is really really high then it's still in an estrogen dominant state so it's basically telling me two things it's telling me a little bit about your adrenal glands and it's telling me a little bit about your ovaries and i'll jump into that in a sec but when you're getting hormone testing done depending on your budget and what else you've got going on with your body if it's just a check-in yes blood test will give you a quick short sharp answer if you want to get a little bit more information, I always recommend saliva testing as a base. That's around the $130 mark because we can start to draw a bit of a picture with your adrenals. Because remember your hormones, and I'm just going to keep it really simple today because it's mainly about progesterone. But let's just say progesterone and estrogen aren't produced in your ovaries alone. There's an adrenal part um, playing into that as well. So it's nice to know that full picture. And also remembering if your adrenals are under pump, if you're really stressed, your body's not prioritized making, prioritizing sorry, making a baby. So that's really, really important to understand why your body's doing what it's doing. It's not, it's not doing it because it wants you to feel moody or low or tired, exhausted. It's doing it out of a protective state. Just like if you're not eating enough food or if you're over-exercising, you're not going to have regular healthy periods because your body's going, something's not right. And if you haven't listened to the podcast episode I did with uh, Lisa Hendricks-Jacks about the fifth vital sign and optimizing your fertility, I really, really recommend that you do because we've got to start to understand that our periods are your fifth vital sign. So they are telling you every single month what's going on with your body. Now, if they're heavy, if they're light, if they're missing, if they are going further and further apart or closer and closer together, Remember, something isn't quite right. So it's really important to understand that and start getting some testing done as to, okay, well, what are my levels at and what factors are surrounding that or influencing that, which is causing this to be an issue. So start with those, whether it's blood work or saliva testing. And then if you're like, I just want to get to the root of what's going on and I want to dig a bit deeper, then send me a DM about doing some Dutch comprehensive hormone testing. So you can Google that or you can jump to the link in my bio on Instagram, or you can go, which will send you to one of the old podcast episodes I've done on Dutch testing uh, and hormone testing. And I think that's a really, really important episode for you to listen to, to start to understand why we do these different tests as well. The other thing that is always really, really good to do is track ovulation. So track ovulation, track your symptoms, track your bleeds. So track the days of your cycle, how long they go for, if you're spotting. I like to use Kindara just because I can put in loose stools, constipation, bloating, cervical mucus, changes in libido. If you're having sex, unprotected sex, protected sex, all those things can go in there as well as yeah, your food cravings and just those extra things, your sleeplessness, if you're itchy, if you're uncomfortable, if you're moody, all that data can be correlated together because it will impinge around your hormones. And that's the same with body temp. If you're taking your basal body temperature with either something really easy like temp drop or with a basal body temperature thermometer, just a cheap one from the chemist, you can also track that data in. And that's also going to tell us what's going on with progesterone because 
you need to understand you can have a cycle and not ovulate and if you don't ovulate you're not going to produce a lot of progesterone because progesterone comes from the ovaries but it also comes from your adrenal glands okay so what happens is when you ovulate and you release an egg so usually that's around days 14 15, 16, 17, somewhere in the middle of a 28 to 36 day cycle, which is kind of our standard. When you release that um, egg, the, I'm gonna just call it leftover for simple terms, but it's called the corpus luteum. That then produces progesterone. Now, when you produce progesterone, excuse my, get my mouth around that, you see an increase in body temperature, okay? So that's why the second half of your cycle you should have a higher body temp and that's why we track it. You also have noticed changes in your cervical mucus and an increase in it around ovulating as well because that mucus is what is there to help bring the sperm um, up into the egg, okay? And that'll change over your cycle. So I won't go into that today, but start to think about those things and track those things because they're really, really important. Now, if you notice that you get anxious a lot, you don't sleep well, you're irritable, you're weepy, you know, you have those real um, prominent PMS type symptoms, you need to start to think about, well, where's the calm in my life? What's supposed to be calming me down? What's supposed to be making me sleep well? What's supposed to be making me feel good? And it is progesterone. So if you're having those side effects, you need to think about, well, even if I don't want a baby, I still need to have enough progesterone in my life because it helps you use fat for energy, it gives you good bone health, and it protects your breasts and your uterus against cancer, okay? The other thing it does is it helps uh, use your thyroid hormones. So there's a real strong interplay between the thyroid and the adrenal glands. And I see a lot, along with this fatigue, along with this low progesterone, I see a lot of underactive thyroid function. So remember, nothing happens in isolation in the body. If you have gut dysfunction, if you have bloating, IBS, loose stools, parasites, bacterial overgrowth, your adrenal glands are going to be in hyperdrive and that's going to affect your progesterone, that's going to affect your periods as well. So it's all interlinked. So we know we need progesterone, okay? We know it makes us feel calm, it makes us feel energized, it helps us manage our weight, it helps balance our estrogen out and obviously protects us against cancer, um, but also gives us those beautiful moods and lots of energy. So why are we seeing this drop in progesterone? So I talked about the not ovulating and there's a few reasons you might not be ovulating. Now, if you're on some form of birth control, you potentially may not be ovulating because the um, synthetic hormones shut down ovulation. If you're perimenopause or heading into menopause, you may not be ovulating as regularly. If you have PCOS, uh, it's possible that you're not ovulating as regularly either, or you're having um, cycles that you're going through a bleed, but you're not ovulating. That's because you've had enough estrogen to build up this egg, but you just haven't released the egg. So you've still got this lining, this buildup that needs to be shed. So you still go through a bleed, but you haven't released the egg. Therefore, you're not producing progesterone because you don't have that corpus luteum sitting there after the egg is released. Um, and then obviously, if you're missing periods from hypothalamic amenorrhea or, um, yeah, like I said, the PCOS, the real irregular periods, then you're not going to be ovulating or not ovulating regularly, okay? 
So that's one side of things. And then it's the stress, the adrenal burnout will affect that low progesterone. Because if you're under the pump, if you're go, 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 if your body's prioritizing cortisol, then like I said, making a baby, even if you don't want to have a baby, but making a baby is not a priority. Therefore, progesterone production is not a priority. The other thing that I really notice affects ovulation is the lack of carbohydrates in the diet. So as menstruating women, if we are not eating enough carbs, and it's I would recommend if you haven't done it before, track your carbs with Chronometer or MyFitnessPal and just have a look at how many you're actually eating and where they're coming from. You can do this, send it to me on Instagram, let me know, and I can be like, you're way under or you're way over, you need to eat some more protein. Then that can be an issue as well. So if we do have more of a keto or paleo style diet and we really prioritize those proteins and fats, that is going to impact your ovulation as well, okay? So two things to support that progesterone. One, eat enough food. Eat regularly, balance your blood sugars, so on that nutrition dietary aspect, and two, manage your stress. That is a massive one. So whether that's through breath work, whether that's walking, socializing, massage, float tank, doing art, having sex, dancing, whatever it is, find something that helps reduce the stress in your life. So then the other biggest question I get asked around progesterone is, okay, Sheridan, I've got low progesterone. I'm working on my stress reduction. I'm trying to eat more. I'm monitoring my exercise. What other ways can I boost progesterone? So remember, this is a long-term game, okay? Because you're thinking, well, when you're developing an egg, it's three months prior to the release of that egg, just like it's three months prior to conception, that you're you're working on that egg quality. So over the next couple months, think about the Bs in your diet, the B vitamins. Are you getting enough B6, B12, your activated Bs, is whether that's through a supplement, whether that's through bee pollen, nutritional yeast, your grass-fed and your quality meats. If you're deficient in B6 and B12, you're going to notice that in your progesterone, okay? So like I said, there's nutritional elements to pull enough in, but if you know you have really low progesterone, I would recommend a quality B supplement. Um, the other thing is also Vitex Chaseberry. That can be super helpful as well. So that works over a three-month period, but ensuring that you are including some of that in your diet will help your ovaries actually stimulate to produce more progesterone as well. And then zinc. Zinc is a huge one. So ensuring you have enough zinc in your diet through oysters. So six to 12 oysters a week. Um, pumpkin seeds, a couple of tablespoons of pumpkin seeds every day can be really, really helpful to meet your zinc needs as well. You can take zinc as a supplement. Just ensure, just have a look at the form of zinc and also see whether it's got cofactors in there with copper because if you're deficient in copper and you don't have enough bioactive copper, then you're going to have issues as well because these minerals balance each other out. So to ensure copper's in balance, I would also be focusing on vitamin C, so getting enough whole food vitamin C, so your adrenal cocktail, um, your you know your fruits and veggies that have vitamin C in it, so your oranges, your sweet potato, things like that. Um, ensuring you have enough yeah quality vitamin C in your diet. I take a whole food vitamin C powder, so it's got like kakadu plum. 
um, came in camo in it. So things that are just super, super high in bit C, just so that I get enough each day because I know I'm prone to adrenal burnout and I know that my, I'm prone to low progesterone. And I also know that I have a very low immune system. So it's really important for me to support that immune system. Uh, other things that can help is actually maca powder as well. So maca really helps um, the nourish the ovaries, the adrenals, and also your sex drive as well. So be careful because sometimes it can cause digestive stress, but working sort of up to that 1.5 to 3 grams per day can be really, really helpful and also really helpful for your libido. Zinc is a good one for libido too, um, but if we've got low progesterone and we're not ovulating regularly, we will see it impact our libido too. So maca, zinc, big ones for that. But then also that feel good aspect. If your progesterone's low and you're feeling a bit flat, yes, enough magnesium. Yes, eating regularly. Yes, you know, managing our fatigue, but also adding a little bit of extra dopamine into our diet. So things like dark chocolate that has real cacao in it will help um, stimulate dopamine. So that neurotransmitter, which gives you that pleasure, that nice feeling. So try some of those things, add those into your diet. If you haven't done any testing, go get some testing done, even if it's baseline stuff, just so that you know where you're starting from. Start tracking your cycles and seeing what your symptoms are because then you can start to correlate with, you know, what's going on with your body. And it might be the reason of your constipation and your loose stools as well because remember that hormones strongly affect your gut, okay? If you want to know more, make sure you just flip me a DM on Instagram. I do love hearing from you. You can learn more about my root cause program on my website or the link in my bio on Instagram. And that's why we go in and do some of that comprehensive testing and work over that six months to really nourish your adrenals, nourish your ovaries, work on that gut health and start to correct any dysbiosis or imbalances in your microbiome as well. Uh, otherwise, yeah, reach out to me. Please leave a review and I love to hear from you. Post any questions in my free Facebook group, The Gut Health Solutions, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking. Music.